0: And welcome back to the podcast. We are on the second part of the series of how to create your dream life. If you haven't listened to last week, I would highly recommend that you do so because it was a really juicy one where I was talking all about the fundamentals of trauma. We got a little bit sciency, and I believe that is helpful for a lot of you to really understand what's going on in your brain and your body so that you can then feel empowered to want to change. Often if we don't know what's happening, we don't then feel empowered to change because we don't even know there's something wrong, right? When we know there's something wrong, but then it's like, okay, I want to fucking fix this. But if we don't know there's something wrong, then we often don't think there's anything to fix. So, in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about hormone issues. Now, men, you could still be listening to this because I do actually mention a few things for testosterone as well. And a lot of the hormone things that I mention would suit men. Obviously, if I'm talking about something in particular like your progesterone or, you know, um, uh, like period cramps, that's not for men. But when I'm talking about things like how to reduce, Hormonal um issues, that also goes for men as well. Because even though we often forget it, men have hormones too, and they are very sensitive to their hormones as well. No, they don't have a cycle in terms of they don't bleed every 28 to 34 days, but they still have a cycle. They have a 24-hour cycle. And why I'm sharing this with you guys today about hormone issues. Um, and how and like the link between this and your dream life is because so many of us have normalized feeling shit. We normalize feeling moody. We normalize having period issues. We normalize not being able to focus or having concentration difficulties, et cetera. We normalize bloating. We normalize lack of sleep. Like insomnia is so fucking normal these days and so, well, not normal, sorry, so fucking common. I'm like, what is going on? So, why I'm sharing this with you guys is because if, when you feel great, you then feel in alignment you can then trust the next steps that you need to take you feel clear headed you can take the action steps that are necessary to take in order to reach your goals to manifest your dreams etc but if you are moody irritable bloated exhausted burnt out etc How can you take those steps? And for a lot of women, they are struggling every month with their endo, for example, or with their PCOS or with their acne. And that is then causing them to not be able to take those action steps. If you have a horrendous breakout every month, right around your period, that could inhibit you from meeting the man of your dream, let's say, or building the relationships that you want to build for friendships because you don't want to leave the house around that time. And you're allowed to feel like that because that's human nature. And I want you to know that it is fixable. It is 1000% fixable. I don't think that's a word, but we're going to roll with it today. It's kind of a vibe for this episode. Okay. So, That's what we're going to be going through for today's episode. Do not forget that Queen Alchemy is open. So if you have been struggling with hormone issues and you have tried a bunch of physical things, as in you've tried physical health solutions, you've gone to a naturopath, you've seen a doctor, you've tried the herbs, you've tried the supplements, and it's still not budging, it very well could be an energetic thing that can be addressed in Queen Alchemy, or it could also be addressed in a mini one-on-one. So all the details for those are below, do not forget that at the end of February, the yeah, the end of February, sorry, will be the last chance to also get your immersion ticket on a payment plan. So if you know you need a payment plan for the Australian immersion, please make sure that the jelly just vomit on my chair. Oh my God. I was going to say not on those chairs. If you were watching the video, it's like that chair is too fluffy. I cannot deal with vomit being in there and you vomited on the carpet yesterday. Um, so yeah, February is the last month to get the payment plan for the immersion. And if you aren't sure whether something is right for you, just send me a DM. I love it when you guys do, or send an email to us. The email is below, um, in the description, let us know what you want to work on. And then I can direct you to the right place. We are actually in the process of making like a symptoms page on the website. Um, and I, I, I am posting those on my Instagram sporadically too. So you can check those out. Once we have the systems, uh, the symptoms, sorry, up on the website, that'll be easy for you to find when you go to the website. But at the date of this actually being launched, I don't think it'll be ready, but maybe a few weeks later. Okay. So let's jump in. So firstly, I want to dive with you guys about Simplifying how your manifestation process can be fucked by trauma, kind of as we discussed last week and hormonal issues. I'm going to recap some of the stuff from last week, but go into a bit more depth with it and then get into the hormone things. So if you have unhealed trauma, your amygdala will be more sensitive to taking those scary leaps, right? So if you are afraid of doing something that will quantum leap you because you have to take a scary leap in order to, you know, quantum leap and get those quantum results... Thanks to you having a very overly sensitive fear response in your brain, you won't do it. We know though that big results require big, scary action steps. But if you physically cannot take those steps because your amygdala is sensitive from past trauma that hasn't been healed, then you will get very frustrated with yourself. Of like, why can't I take these leaps? And even when it comes to business stuff, right? Let's quickly drive on business, career. you can implement your own thing here. Oh, do not forget that her is going to be opening soon. So let's put the waitlist below as well for her. You can make sure that you're on that. That is everything feminine leadership for any woman that has a career or not, right? If you just are leading in some way, shape or form in your life, you need to join her. Anyway, um, just coming back really quick. So let's say for example, with business stuff, something that I notice a lot of is that, you know, you have people that are talking all things, business, business coaching, how to do this social media strategy, this X, Y, Z do these many Instagram stories a week blah, blah, blah. Well, that's great. But if your amygdala is like, bitch, no, then it's not going to work. So that's why even when I have clients that are coming to me that are like, I really want to grow my business. I say to them, great, fantastic. What's your trauma? because very often the reason why your business isn't growing or the reason why your career isn't exploding is not because you don't have the logistics and the strategy down pat. Yes, there could be some element of that, but that's a very quick fix that you've probably already hunted out before. Very often the reason why you are not growing in your business or your career is actually because your amygdala is freaking the fuck out at those scary leaps and so you are not allowing yourself to do it. You are not broken. Nothing is like, you know, unfixable. Like I've said in the beginning, everything is fixable. So being that mindset of everything is fixable, you just have to want to fix it is the key thing, right? So if you are struggling to get clients, struggling to shop, struggling to make money with your business, struggling to sell yourself, whatever it is. Maybe it's because your amygdala is overly sensitive and it's sending out a fear response to your body, even when there isn't really any danger, but you're perceiving some kind of danger. And do not gaslight yourself when I say this, because I cannot count the amount of times I go through processes with clients and I'm taking them through modalities and for something so simple there is a fear of death. And they're like, why am I afraid of dying right now? Why am I afraid of like having nobody and being alone and my whole world collapsing? That's so not logical. It might not be logical, but it feels real to your body because of your past experiences that add a lens and kind of what's the word? They, oh my God, I lost train I thought. They, um, they add a lens and they influence, sorry, influence the way in which you think that the future will go, which is why it's so important to heal those past situations. So you are not holding yourself back from incredible things coming into your life. And when you have incredible opportunities, you actually can say yes and take them. Now, if you are numbed out, if you are disassociated, if you feel like you cannot feel This will also inhibit you because if you cannot feel the excitement of the manifestation being in your life like you have it before it has occurred, you won't be able to manifest it. Right. One of the number one things that you have to do with manifestation is to feel a feeling of already having it before it has happened. Right? Because if you are living in I don't have it, I don't have it, I don't have it, it's not going to happen. You have to be a vibrational match to have that thing in your life. But what if you feel like you can't be a vibrational match? What if that doesn't feel safe? You'll also be blocking yourself from manifesting. So let's say you're on a journey. If I want to manifest my dream life, great. Go do trauma healing. Go heal your wounds. Go heal your shit. Go fix your hormones so that you actually can feel like it is possible for you to have your dream life and so that you actually can even manifest it. So that you can even implement the tools and the resources that a million other people are giving you in order to grow your dream business, have your dream this, do X, Y, and Z. Okay. The next thing is if you have unhealed trauma, it's going to affect your ability to be intimate in a relationship. So let's talk about intimacy. A key thing in regards to intimacy is trust. It's trust and it's vulnerability. And it's being seen. But if you don't feel safe to be seen in the fullest version of you because you're probably not seeing yourself, you're not going to let somebody else see you. If you've grown up where there hasn't been a healthy example of intimate relationships, why would you trust that an intimate relationship is going to feel safe? If you didn't feel safe seeing the relationship of your parents, for example, why would you feel safe in your adult relationships? You're probably not, right? So if you have intimacy issues, if you have trust issues, if you have issues receiving and surrendering, we'll talk about the hormonal side of it today as well. But the main thing is is that if you don't feel safe to trust somebody because of your childhood, maybe you had a parent that was not emotionally like in tune with your needs. And so you didn't feel like you could trust them to give you what you needed. You will then create the story, whether you consciously know it or not, that it's not safe to trust people to help me. It's not safe to trust people to fully see me, or it's not safe to trust people. It's not safe to be emotional around people. I can't trust them that they're going to love me. Maybe you had conditional love as a kid. So you you felt like you were loved sometimes, but then the love was taken away from you other times. If there was conditional love growing up, then that could also be inhibiting you from intimacy because you don't want to feel that conditional love again. Or you'll do the opposite and go to a trauma bond because you're trying to prove to yourself that you can be loved. But you are going after somebody that is proving what you actually know to be true, which is that you feel like you can't be loved. So even though you're trying to prove to yourself you can be loved, you still have the belief that you can't be. So you continue to stay in, in a, a tr- like trauma bonded relationships to actually prove that truth to yourself. It can seem really complicated, but it's. it probably sounds more complicated than it is because I'm trying to like bring in 50 different examples to suit as many of you as possible. But when you're on a call with me and you're in more of an intimate scenario with me, whether it's at an event, whether it's Queen acne, whether it's a one-on-one, whatever it is, and you give me your situation, I can actually tell you exactly what the reason is. Like I can give you the jigsaw puzzle pieces. I'm just trying to... You know, a piece as many of you as possible, with giving as many different examples, in the hope that as many of you can relate to this and be like, okay, this is me. I need to keep listening because you do need to keep listening. Now, if you have beliefs of not being, you know, deserving, you don't feel like it's safe to succeed. You not being lovable, money is a danger. Insert your fucking belief. If you look at that belief, do you think you are going to feel safe to actually manifest that? a really common one. Money equals something. Money equals fights. Money is dangerous. Money is going to mean people will manipulate me. If I have money, people are going to want to take it away from me. Just whatever you saw with money when you were growing up, you're very likely having that fear now as an adult. And so you are then blocking yourself from being able to attract in more money, to receive more money, to ask for more money, to feel deserving of more money because you don't want more money because more money feels dangerous to you. Or more money means people are going to judge you or whatever it is. Money trauma is a real thing. I fucking had it. Money trauma is a very, very real thing. It might be showing up in that you are um, like overspending. You get your paycheck and then it all fucking disappears. Maybe you're a shopaholic. Maybe you're a hoarder and you are hoarding all your money. You are in such intense scarcity that you could not spend it on yourself, even if your life depended on it. That's money trauma. Because the trauma part, remember from last week when I broke down what trauma is, the trauma part is that your body doesn't feel safe to do something. You don't feel safe to spend the money on yourself. You don't feel safe to do whatever it is, right? It's a, it's a triggering your trauma of not feeling safe around money, which can obviously then be a hard thing. It's like, fuck Monica, well, I need this work, but I don't feel safe to spend money on it. Start small then. Start small if you need to, right? You could join something like MMM MMM Level One. You get on a payment plan, for example, so that you are only paying a few hundred dollars a month versus to a thousand dollars a month or whatever it is. There are ways around this. There are so many free resources that I have for you guys. Like, do you have my journal prompts? Do you have my my mantra um, PDFs? Do you have those $15 meditations? Because those things can help you to just get into the vibe to then pay for Queen Alchemy or pay for your immersion ticket. Like, for example, something I said to somebody else the other week, and this like fully changed the game for them, was they had um, the Walking Manifestation audio track, which is like super high vibe. And they were saying to me they really, really, really wanted to come to the immersion, like so desperately. So I suggested to them, well, why don't you have that track on? and then feel the excitement of coming to the immersion and feel the desire of coming to the immersion. So they did that. And they then they paid for their ticket as they had that music on. And as they were in that high vibrational feeling, and it was a game changer for her because she paid that and everything was fine. She still had money in your account. She still could pay for her food. She was like, everything was fine. And in that moment it taught her body, which is, she reprogrammed and rewired something for herself in that moment. And what she rewired was that it's safe for me to spend money on myself because she spent the money and then everything, the world did not crumble. Her house did not just cave in. And so her brain and her body was able to be like, oh, so wait, everything's fine if I spend money on myself. And so then it just became easier for her to spend money on herself. So that's an idea for some of you is to get into the state that you need to be in in order to feel confident in spending that money on yourself. Okay. Um, so last thing on this little note on this topic is hold on a second, I need my tea. Oh, it's gonna be too hot actually. So just put that one down. If your brain is in overdrive, trying to protect you, your body cannot soften, your muscles cannot relax to surrender and let go. So I shared this with you guys like two episodes about ago about crying during sex, right? There's shitloads of research on it as well. But when it comes to orgasm, when it comes to having an orgasm, when it comes to even just feeling orgasmic. We women have a more sensitive uh, nervous system, right? Where it's more likely for us to go into a stress response because we are, we don't have the ability to fight back like men do. Now, what can happen though, is that our brain is always like scanning for dangers, right? And if you don't feel like you can let go because your amygdala is on red fucking alert, you cannot let go and have an orgasm. So it doesn't matter like, the, like that's why for some women, they can have an orgasm being alone, but they can't have an orgasm with their partner because they don't feel fully safe to let go in front of him. It doesn't mean that he's not safe. Key thing. It doesn't mean that he's not safe. Maybe that is the case, but most of the time it's not actually the case. You're like, you, you get frustrated, really frustrated because you're like, he is so safe. So why can't, I, why can't I let go? You can't let go because there is still something in your mind there's something in your body that is being triggered in that moment. As you are coming up to an invitation to let go, right? The invitation to let go is probably triggering something where you desire to let go, but it's like, not safe to do so. And that's, what's pulling you back. There's something being triggered right in that little millisecond that halts the brakes. And you feel like if you were to let go, something bad would happen, right? So when you have this situation. When it then is linked to your manifestation stuff, and when it's linked to you know creating your dream life, how can you be claimed by a masculine man, or how can you receive your manifestation when you don't feel safe to let go? Because a key component in manifesting is letting go, is surrendering to the process. But if you can't surrender because you don't feel safe to let go, because you only feel safe when you're in control, because then no one can hurt you, no one can betray you, no one can let you down, blah blah blah. blah. You can't let yourself down because you're on red alert, whatever it is of why you need to be in control. It feels safer to be in control than to let go, right? Okay, so let's dive into hormones. So hormones, I'm going to talk about some of the major hormonal issues that affect women's ability, to so our ability to feel our best because of different things that we can really find debilitating. You know, if you've had terrible sleep, if you, you know, during your luteal phase, wake up a hundred times throughout the night, that's going to affect your ability to show up as your best self. If you get really bloated, so you can't wear any nice outfits that could be affecting your ability to go out on dates and to take those action steps, etc. All right. So just think about in terms of your health. We often forget this. When it comes to manifestation, there is such a focus on journaling and vibes and mantras and like that is fantastic. I'm all about that. Yes, let's fucking journal, let's have the mantras, let's do all that. And is your health allowing you to feel your best? Because what I really want you guys to understand, and hopefully I've drilled this into your head enough if you've been with me for a while, is that manifestation just becomes as simple as breathing when it is integrated into your life when you have set yourself up in a way where you don't have to be doing anything specific to manifest you just are and that really comes when you've nailed these different areas of your life like when you've nailed trauma when you've nailed your skin issues and then when you've nailed the stuff that I'm gonna talk about in the uh in next my god fucking brain father for too many clients today in um our next Part of the series, which is the last part next week, when you've nailed all those pieces, this is when manifestation becomes as easy as breathing. You don't need to be doing a million things to manifest something, right? So whether you have endo, whether you have endometriosis, whether you have PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, whether you have acne, whether you, and whether it's cyclical acne or you've struggled with your skin forever, whether it's mood swings, whether it's rape mood swings, mood swings, what did I say? Mood swings, mood swings, whether it's raging PMS, whether it's insomnia, whether it's back pain, whether it's bloating, etc. all of those things, we normalize them. We've normalized them so much in society and the issue with normalizing all of these things and other things too that I'm not going to go into right now is that we don't see them as problems anymore. So we don't seek solutions. The normalization of everything, it's allowed us to be really avoidant as a society. Like what are you being avoidant of? What are you avoiding looking at, doing, feeling, processing, admitting so that you can have the life of your dreams? And I say this from a place of love. I say this as something that I really want you to look into and think about because when you know what you're avoiding, that is the first step to then actually being able to go into it. And often the things that you're avoiding hold the biggest transformations for you. They hold the biggest like door openers, et cetera, right? So we've normalized things that aren't normal. And, or or we have solutions that are just a band aid approach, like the pill, right? And the pill we know just masks the issues. And generally speaking, actually creates more. If you haven't listened to my episodes about the pill, we'll put the podcast directory below. There is so many issues that I've done about hormones. So you can go and listen to all those episodes. And then the next step would obviously be joining your perfect period or coming off hormonal birth control. If you're not sure which one, just send me a message, right? So... The pill, for example, is something where it's been marketed to us as empowerment, but we're not given all the information about it. Like, yeah, it's fucking empowering to go on the pill or to choose hormonal contraception when you're given by the doctor your hormonal contraception and your non hormonal contraception options, right? When you're given. All of the options when you're giving all of the pros and when you're given all of the cons, then yeah, you can make an empowered decision. But most of us aren't actually making empowered decisions because we don't know all the information. We're being fed what we think is the truth when it's not actually the truth, and we're not critically thinking for ourselves. Okay, so into oh hi Jelly. So in terms of hormones, our hormones are so sensitive. Even if your hormone is thrown off by like. One tiny little picogram, you can feel it. So our hormones are so delicate and they are so sensitive. So when your hormones are really off, you feel it, but often we become so used to it that we don't know what it feels like to feel better. So I'm going to go through some of the ranges that you guys can be focusing on for blood tests. So if you go to get your hormones checked, which I always recommend doing, get your gut checked, get your hormones checked, get a naturopath, get a functional medicine doctor, get whatever. Or you don't have to, you can read them yourselves, right? But if you know how to, these kind of things, just getting these checkups, it's not because there's something wrong necessarily. You're getting a checkup, you're checking in with yourself, even with this episode to just make sure that you're doing everything in your power to feel your best. Because I like feeling my best and I hate when I feel shitty right? Okay. So in terms of THS, which is your thyroid stimulating hormone, side note though, you also want to be looking at T3 and reverse T3, not just THS, not going to do it, but don't just look at THS because THS can sometimes give you the wrong, like it's not fully the truth because of how THS is anyway. Okay. So for your THS, you want 0.3 to 2.5 milli international units per liter. Okay. So 0.3 to 2.5. And these ranges are important because very often, and I won't speak for every country, but I know for Australia, and I'm pretty sure America, the range is made up of the average of people. So if you have a sick community and then the range is made, the range is made based on the sick community. What the fuck? It's not made based on the healthiest human. So these ranges are better. And obviously with something like THS. You want to have a functioning Thyroid. You want to have a good, strong thyroid. So being on a little bit of a lower end of the spectrum is a better thing, right? So that your thyroid is operating quickly. So your metabolism is going. So you're not getting cold feet, cold hands, hair thinning, et cetera. Um, estradiol. Estradiol. So if you are perimenopausal, sorry, if you're premenopausal, right before you go into menopause, on day three of your cycle is when you want to get tested and you want to have less than 80 picograms per milliliter. If you're not, if you're in like you know, you have a healthy cycle, etc. cetera. You're not premenopausal. On day 14 of your cycle, go to get your hormones checked, get a blood test. This is not saliva, by the way, this is blood. So day 14, and you have to play around with blood because you want to go on different days of your cycle. So day 14, you want 150 to 350, 350 picograms per milliliter. So on day 14, you want 150 to 350 picograms per milliliter. Post-menopause, You want greater than 50 picograms per milliliter because you want to make sure that you have enough for brain health and bone health. Okay. For progesterone in your luteal phase, you need to go. So between days, you know, if you can go like day 22, that's really ideal, but obviously it depends when you ovulate so I ovulate day 18 generally. So if I was to get my blood done, I want to go get it done on day 23, 24, cause I have about a 30 day cycle. So full luteal phase for progesterone, you want 15 to 33 nanograms per milliliter for testosterone. I'm going to do women and men, for women, you want 20 to 75 picograms per milliliter. You can go anytime of your cycle. And for men, you want 400 to 1000 picograms per milliliter. So I mean, they're right, like right there and just seeing that testosterone should be a, proof, like proof enough to really realize everybody that men and women are very different, right? Because our hormones play a very large, very large component in how it is that we act day to day. So some of the biggest hormonal disruptors that you can start to eliminate ASAP to help you to make sure that you are feeling on point. And don't forget, if you've eliminated everything, if you've done all the things, you've taken all the supplements and your acne isn't going away, away, your PCOS isn't going away. And remember, there's four different types of PCOS. So make sure you listen to that podcast as well. Go in the podcast directory, control F, command F, whatever you're on, like Mac or Dell PC, Uh, control F PCOS and go listen to that episode where I talk about the different types of PCOS to make sure that you're actually doing the right thing. Um so some of the biggest hormonal disruptors and you want to make sure that you're eliminating these and if you have and nothing's working and you've done all the other things then it definitely could be an energetic thing so then reach out to me so we can book you in for a session. Okay, so stress. Get rid of stress, not just the conscious stress but the subconscious stress. What things are subconsciously weighing you down, are on your plate, are on your mind or exhausting you, get rid of it. Plastic. Now, I'm not perfect at this by any means, but I try and reduce my plastic as much as possible. I try and not drink out of plastic. I I always have a glass water bottle. I try and not. We don't cover our food with plastic for leftovers. We cover it with beeswax. I try and not put things in plastic containers. I try and reduce my plastic load as much as possible. I know vegetables can come in plastic sometimes. Meat can come in plastic and I wash that shit. And no, it's not necessarily going to get all of it out, but it's, I'm trying to wash it off. We have filtered water in our house too. So all of our taps are filtered and then our drinking water is double filtered and it's reverse osmosis. So the salt is really important to get the minerals back into the water because you obviously strip it out. So get rid of plastic. Get rid of toxic skincare. If you need non-toxic skincare recommendations on my website page, go to the favorite products area. And there is my recommendations for all the products that I use. I do need to do a reel on my makeup. So hang tight for that. I will get that out to you guys soon. Get rid of toxic household items. Use non-toxic sprays. Don't go to Whole Foods and get something that looks non-toxic like like seven... To seventh generation, it's full of shit, right? You need something that is very, very non-toxic. We use we use branch basics and common good in Australia. What do my parents use in Australia? I don't know, but have a good Google and make sure that your stuff is non toxic. I do. I am going to email this toxicologist that I want to come on to the podcast because she talks all about the toxic stuff and she's a toxicologist. So like what a vibe. And then I, we can get heaps of information to you guys. Subconscious. I said subconscious subconscious already. Over-exercise. Stop over-exercising. It, all it is doing is stressing your body out more, depleting your progesterone and ruining your hormones. And we know now from science that one of the main causes of endo, although not actually the main causes, because that's an immune issue, immune, um, your immune system, that's the cause of endo, now research is showing. But in terms of something that's been shown in the women that have endo, there is always low progesterone. If you are stressed all the time, you're going to be depleting your progesterone stores. And just even if you don't have endo, if you just want healthy hormones, do not be depleting your progesterone stores because you will be feeling it, right? If you have low progesterone, it's going to be coming up as mood swings, as bloating, as back pain, as headaches, as sore boobs. Generally, it is also combined with high estrogen in your luteal phase. So you have too much estrogen and not enough progesterone. Now we want to make sure that we're also reducing things like plastic. that we're not having excess estrogen because we know that excess estrogen causes things like PCOS, like endometrial um, endometrial cancer, like um, ovarian cysts, like all of these things like cervical cancer that we are coming up against, breast cancer. Excess estrogen can be really influencing, causing, and exacerbating these things. Okay. So jumping back into over-exercise, like I was mentioning before, number one, ladies, you need to be cycle sinking. So when you are in your luteal phase before your period, you should not be exercising a shitload, doing a bunch of cardio, doing HIT, going to 50 Pilates classes, etc. You actually want to be working out a little bit less. You want to be more toning, you want to do more toning, you wanna to do more calming things, nothing that's gonna rev up your adrenaline because it's gonna take away from your progesterone stores, and you need progesterone at that time of your cycle to have an ideal cycle, right? So if you want to be doing HIT stuff and cardio stuff and like really pushing yourself, that is something that you want to be doing in the first half of your cycle. You do not want to be doing that in your in the second half of your cycle when you really want to focus on reducing your stress. You want to focus on you making I was putting my back on lipstick on. I have to go out to dinner after this. Um it's been a day. Um you want to make sure that any intense exercise is before ovulation after ovulation is more gentle exercise, and trust me when I say that if you do this, you will notice a difference in your physical body, and I know we're not about physicality here, but you know I know that some of you were it's like oh. I want to make sure that I I also like looking my best, right? When you look when you look good, you feel good. When you feel good, you look good. It's all part of the same cycle. Um, so when you are working out and not stressing yourself out, you're going to benefit your hormones. You're going to benefit your weight. You're going to benefit your inflammation. It's the same with guys. If you are sleep deprived, if you are overworked, if you are you know eating shit food and drinking too much. Like, yeah, go to the gym, but if you're killing yourself at the gym, it isn't actually going to get you the right results. It isn't going to help you at all. It's just going to keep you on the hamster wheel of feeling burnt out, exhausted, and having high inflammation. Instead, you want to be kind of seeing a nap as your exercise. I tell this to myself like quite literally, if I am exhausted or if I have been traveling a lot or, you know, skiing a lot for example, I know that my body needs extra rest and extra recovery. So I will sometimes not work out in the morning and I literally say to myself that extra hour of sleep is my workout. Because if you are stressed, very often that extra hour of sleep is actually going to do so much more for you than the workout. Now I do like working out. I do like move my body. I do like some good circulation. Sometimes my happy medium where it's like, no, I need to work out for my mind, but, and like just for feeling good, but I also am exhausted and I don't want to do an intense workout is I'll just do 10 minutes or I'll do 30 minutes of stretching, or I'll just take the dogs for a walk where it's gentler. I've still gotten that mental benefit, but I'm not hurting my hormones in the process and then exhausting myself and making myself moody and making myself low vibe because I'm irritable and exhausted. Okay. The next thing is lack of sleep. I mean, I feel like this is obvious, but I'm still so surprised by the amount of us that don't take sleep seriously. You want to be taking sleep as seriously as you can. So not only for some of us, should we be meditating before we go to bed, have a hot bath, make sure that your room is not hot, right? You want to have your room about four to five degrees lower than your normal temperature in the house. So for us, we go to bed with our temperature being at about 65 degrees Fahrenheit. I can't believe, I don't know what that is in Celsius Well in Celsius. just because everything now isn't I don't even look at what Celsius. Okay. So yeah, we go to bed at like 64, 65, which is 18. So like 17 to 18 degrees Celsius, which is completely fine. You're not freezing your ass off. It can feel like it's a bit cold in winter, but your body temperature needs to drop in order for you to stay in a deep sleep. You know, when you wake up and you're sweating and you're overheating, it disrupts your sleep. So you actually want to make sure the room is cool enough as well. So taking your sleep seriously, something that is really helpful for me is meditating before bed. My brain is on 700 days of the year which isn't possible because we have, we don't even have that many days of the year, but I'm saying that because my brain is always on. I am very much a type. I'm always thinking of like new business things, new, this new content for you guys, new programs. Like, Ooh, I should do this. I want to help this person. I have like all my clients in my mind, etc. And it doesn't cause me burnout or anything. Cause it doesn't affect me like that. Um, I love it. I couldn't do my life without it. I feel depressed if I don't have, you know, lots of exciting things going on. It's just how I am. Why it's not a trauma response. It's just how I'm wired. My dad's wired the same way. My mom's wired the same way. So couldn't get rid of it if I tried. Point being is that something that I have to make sure that I do to get a really restful sleep and not wake up throughout the night is I meditate before I go to bed. No, not every night sometimes I'll just fall asleep to a meditation, but I know for those of you in Queen Alchemy, you have the sleep hypnosis. Um, it is so helpful for keeping me asleep for relaxing my mind, for relaxing my body. So if you find that you don't, that you have very restless sleep, you don't have a good sleep, that would be another really good thing for you to try is meditating before you go to bed. I do need to make a nighttime meditation. So hang tight on that one. Maybe it'll already be out by this time. So check the link below. If not, Keep a lookout because I know I have all my amazing meditations on my website that you guys can buy. If you don't already have those audio tracks, you need them because they're game changing and I will endeavor to make a sleep one as well. Oh my God, butter wants to be let out because my fiance's home. He's a fucking baby. Quite literally cries. It sounds like a child is crying in a crib. You can probably hear it. Okay. And the last, last three things, blue light. Wear some fucking blue light glasses if you don't already have it. We know that blue light heavily disrupts our melatonin levels. And then when your melatonin is disrupted, that throws the rest of your endocrine system off. Men, this goes for you too. So put the red light screen on your laptop have red light filters on your phone. Just Google how to get a red light filter on your iPhone and that will walk you, walk you through the steps. I have mine so when I click the off button three times, it will go red. So if I'm on my phone at nighttime, I'm not getting a whole heap of blue light. I know we live in the modern day and age and I know we can't be perfect, but just try as much as you can to even if, like I am not perfect by this by any I'm not perfect with this by any means, but even just for me, my happy medium definitely not perfect, is I don't go on my phone or my laptop like 90% of the time 30 minutes before bed. That to me is really doable. And doable things are going to be things that last and that are consistent and that are sustainable. And consistency and sustainability is everything. So that might be what works for you. And then the last thing I want to mention that's obvious, an obvious thing to remove is pesticides. Eat organic where possible. This is definitely the case for the U.S. I mean, when I'm in Europe, when I'm in Australia, I don't really care as much. I don't worry as much about it because Australia and Europe, you guys couldn't even use the pesticides that America's allowed to use. Like the shit that's in Americans. America's food is quite literally poison. It's disgusting, and the shit they spray on everything. So I am anal with my organic. Since living in America, in Australia, I would not give two shits if something was organic or not. I really, really, really wouldn't. Um, and then, uh, like, I would, I try to get organic when I was living in Australia. And if I was to go back and be visiting, I would try, but I definitely would not be stressed about it. Versus here, I would not eat something that's not organic if it's in the fridge essentially. Okay. Let's say 99.9% of the time. I'm not like that much of a, For some of you that could be like, that's a crazy person, but I just don't, I mean, I've shopped for the house and I don't buy anything, not organics. So there's never anything, not organic in the fridge. Um, when I'm in Europe, I don't give a rat's ass either because of what I just said as well about the um, pesticides, like the glyphosate, the amount of glyphosate that is that is used in America is somewhat concerning. And that affects not only your fertility levels, right? And your ability to have a healthy baby, but obviously affects your hormones as well for both men and women. So get rid of the pesticides where, where possible, shop organic where possible. Okay. When it comes to endo, I want to quickly jam on endo. So if even if you don't have endo though, listen, ladies, because I'm going to give you a bunch of things that you can be doing to make sure you're also preventing anything endo-ish from forming in your body, right? Because endometriosis isn't necessarily forming in your womb. It can be forming in your bowels. It can be forming around your liver, etc. So endometriosis is an inflammatory disease right? It's actually not a hormonal condition, but your hormones can exacerbate the endometriosis. So think of it like your hormones play a role because estrogen, right? Estrogen stimulates the growth of the endometrial tissue and the endometrial lesions, which is why it's really important to make sure that you are reducing excess estrogen in your body so re- like eating you know eating things that flush out your liver so having bone broth eating brassica vegetables reducing plastic reducing if not eliminating all toxic things that can cause your body to have excess estrogen right something like a high dose vitamin C has been found to reduce endometrial growths so you can be taking a really high quality uh, High dose vitamin C. Again, if you go on my favorite products page, I list out also my favorite supplement brands. The vitamin C that I take is on there, and there is a link so you can get twenty percent off. Would love for them, Susan Biotica, to give me a discount code for you guys. Um, but anyway, I love their products. We use all their supplements, and I am obsessed with them. The growing consensus is growing consensus. The growing consensus, sorry, is that endometriosis is a result of an immune dysfunction. So this is really important information because very often we forget about our immune system. We forget that our immune system is heavily affected by stress and stress heavily affects our immune system. So that's why with something like endo or any hormonal issue, like are you looking at your subconscious stress? Are you looking at your immune system? If you are sick all the time, that's generally not a good sign. But if you're not just generally speaking, focusing on your immune system, it's going to play catch up. We think that our immune system is only important when we're sick. No, 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 no. Our immune system is important for a lot more than that, right? Our immune system helps our body to, for example, not feel as stressed when we are stressed. So the vitamin C is really important for your immune function. Taking things like vitamin D3, but you have to take it with K2. So taking something like vitamin D3 and K2 at the same time, Symbiotica has one. Again, check the links on my favorite products page. That is also going to help with your immune system, but taking just vitamin D with no K2 like you need to make sure that you're not just taking supplements and then shitting them out. You need high quality supplements. Otherwise you're burning money and you need supplements that are actually working in your body. So it's worth investing in high quality supplements because you'll need to take less of them and they'll actually be working. Right. The other thing is to think about is that, very often hormonal issues and digestive issues, they go hand in hand, right? Because in order for you to flush out estrogen, you have to pull it out. Your bowels play a very, very important role in the elimination of excess hormones. If you aren't shitting properly, if your gut health is off, that's gonna be meaning that the estrogen can get reabsorbed through your intestinal tract back into your bloodstream. So you're thinking, like, oh, I'm eating all these fucking brassica vegetables, I'm flushing out all my estrogen, but then you're not shitting properly. So it actually just gets reabsorbed. Or back into your body. So your gut health is also a really important thing to be looking at. And like I've shared with you guys, your gut is your source of safety. If you don't feel safe, if you have past trauma that's inhibiting your body from feeling safe, it is going to be affecting your gut health. So not only do you want to be hitting your gut health from a physical standpoint of making sure that your gut microbiome is balanced, but you also want to be hitting your gut health from the energetic point of view and making sure there's nothing energetic that is causing your gut to be off. Also, I want to preface people. Healing gut health doesn't mean taking probiotics. It's really important that you get a stool sample and you work with someone that actually understands gut health if you have a gut issue. And the reason why I say this is because some people, like me, are prone to overgrowth. So we're prone to things like SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. What that means is that if you take the wrong strain of probiotics, right? you can then actually do more damage to your gut. You're not going to be helping shit. I never take probiotics. I haven't for years. And even when I got my gut tested later last year, my functional medicine doctor agreed with me, do not take any probiotics. We did elimination stuff to clear out any little bugs that were in there and to clear out any overgrowths because I am prone to overgrowths. You might be prone to overgrowth too. So I know we're seeing like fucking seed ads everywhere for like the probiotics. That's great but if you are actually more inclined to get an overgrowth, you're going to be doing more harm than good. And those probiotics could be feeding the bad bugs as well as the good bugs, but you don't want to feed the bad bugs. You want to kill those fuckers. So please make sure when it comes to gut stuff that you're not just taking a probiotic, make sure that you are getting a a very extensive stool sample done. So you know exactly what the issue is with your gut. If you are having issues, Okay. And obviously an important part of the whole gut journey is your body's sense of safety for endometriosis, endometriosis and digestive problems, 1000% and also things like cramps, right? If you get really bad cramps, they also can go hand in hand, right? For one thing, Endometri um, endometriosis, the endometrial lesions and adhesions, they can occur on your bowel, and then they can directly, obviously, cause a whole pile of digestive upset and problems. In fact, about ninety percent of women with endo all have bowel symptoms like bowel issues or digestive issues. So if you're having a hormone issue and you're not looking at your gut health and your immune system, please make sure that you're looking at those things too, because they're really, really important. So endo can go hand in hand with digestive problems and digestive problems can be affecting the immune system. And we know that endometriosis is primarily an immune system issue. Let's not forget though, there is a huge energetic component hormonal issues. If you have massive wounds around your femininity, if you are constantly in a state of fight or flight and really heavily in your masculine, if you do not feel safe in your femininity, if you do not, if you do not love having a period, if you don't love being a woman, if you like insert issue, if you feel unworthy to receive love, etc., all of these things can be influencing your body having endometriosis. I, every woman that has come to me with endometriosis in like queen alchemy gone. Right. And no, not every time it's not, you know, it's not gone in a month every time, but every period issue that, you know, is brought up in queen alchemy to me every single time it has been either heavily reduced in that seven week period or gone, but it's always then gone a few months later, if it wasn't gone in that seven week period, including endometriosis. So of course there are times where you have had the keyhole surgery and there is endometriosis fucking everywhere and it's like how can all these all this scar tissue and um, you know magically disappear. I get that, right? It's not about, you know, doing the energy work just making it disappear necessarily. It's also about ensuring that it's not going to keep growing. So a really important thing with endo or with any hormonal issue is that let's say for example you go and get surgery to um, you know, fix an ovarian cyst, to get rid of an ovarian cyst. So let's say, for example, you're going, you need to go get like a fibroid removed. Okay, clearly my throat is like, okay, Monica, done. We actually have to run to dinner like in one second. And I gotta make a fucking, I gotta make frosting for my fiance's cake, lol. So, um, Where was I? Where was I? So let's say for example, you have fibroids or you need to, and you need to get them removed surgically, or you need, or you need to get like your endometrial tissue that is overgrowing, also removed surgically. I completely get that. You want to get that removed, right? Now, the key thing that people forget is have you done the things that need to be done to ensure that they do not grow back? Most of the time, the answer is no. Right. Have you heavily reduced your estrogen load? Have you reduced your inflammation? Have you done the energetic work so that when you go into surgery and that thing is cleared up, it does not come back? That's really important. Right. Or when you go on, you know, when you go on to Roaccutane, for example, for your acne, I get it. I get that some of you have really bad skin and that seems like your only option. And I am not against that. However, have you done all the things to set yourself up? so that your acne does not come back when you're off the arcotene? Probably not. So it's not to say don't get the surgery or don't get this or don't go on this drug. It's like, what are you doing to ensure that you aren't reliant on that as some solution? Because it's not a solution. Okay. Uh, I also want to mention zinc. Zinc also is really, it's like an underestimated thing for hormones. Like vitamin C is underestimated for hormones and zinc is underestimated for hormones. Also, you should all be taking magnesium, whether you think that you need it or not. Magnesium is very important. Um, But I just really want to preface for endometriosis, for acne, for PCOS, for mood swings, for any hormonal issues, please make sure that you are really fixing the root. And the root might not be, you know, the. Uh, like the gut, like the gut issue on a physical standpoint, right? The, the gut issue could actually be stemming from you feeling like you have to look after your whole family all the time. And that's causing you to feel unsafe. That could be where the gut issue is stemming from. And it's causing a whole heap of imbalances in your microbiome. But once you fix those imbalances in your microbiome through whatever supplements you're taking, it's just going to be, it's just going to come back if you haven't fixed the energetic component as well. So in order to really hit something and feel like, okay, it is not coming back. Like I feel very empowered knowing that it can, something can be hit from an energetic standpoint and a physical standpoint. Like if you guys remember on my Instagram story, I had that massive rash all over my eyes the other week that I woke up with and the whole story was on my Instagram, whatever, um, I felt so confident in knowing that I could fix it because I knew what I could do from a physical standpoint. And I also knew what I could be doing from an energetic standpoint. So I wasn't going to be feeling helpless. Like what is going on? My body's broken. Nothing is fixing it. My eyes are fine now. They're completely gone. Right? So if you are feeling disempowered around some health issue, make sure that you're hitting it from both standpoints because doing that once is really going to give you momentum to feel like my body isn't broken. I can keep doing this. And all of that momentum and that motive, that self-motivation, it makes you feel high vibe. It makes you feel empowered. It makes you feel excited about life, which helps you to then feel like what it is that you want to create in your life is more than possible. So if you need to hit the physical side of your hormones, you need to join your perfect period. If you need to hit the energetic side of your hormones, you need to join Queen Alchemy, or you need to come to the immersion or you need to get a mini one-on-one, or you need to become a one-on-one client. Those are your options. If you're not sure what's for you, please email the email below, share with me as many details as possible, and then I can send you in the right direction. So the last thing that I want to kind of finish up with, and then we have our last part of this series in the next episode. Um, Number one, please do not forget. Actually, I don't think I've mentioned it. I don't know whether I have or not. But I am doing two master classes shortly, which I'm very excited for. One is all about the energetic clearing of skin issues. one is about energetic clearing of gut issues. This is not to substitute queen alchemy it's going to be complementary if you've done Queen alchemy, you can come to the master classes. if you've done the master classes, you can come to Queen Alchemy. They are complementary they're not substitutes, so don't think you can do one without the other. like Queen Alchemy is always going to be better because it's a longer program and it's way more intense and inclusive and holistic, if that makes sense, than a one-hour masterclass. But I've made these masterclasses because I know that Queen Alchemy isn't doable for all of you. And I also know some of you are like, I don't know whether I want to invest that much in myself yet. Maybe you just want to start off with something smaller, see how it goes. Maybe you're new to my work, whatever. That's fantastic. Also for those of you that are in Queen Alchemy, we don't do any mini trauma calls specifically on gut healing energetically or specifically on clearing your skin. That's also why I made these masterclasses because there isn't any overlap. So if you're in Queen Alchemy and you know you want to work on this stuff, maybe you've already booked in a one-on-one with me to work on it. That's obviously going to be the hero of it, like the gold standard, because everything can be specific to you, which is obviously going to give you the best results. But if that isn't doable for you, then this is going to be your next best option is to come, on, to come to one of these things as well. Okay, so I want to wrap up by saying that please do not feel disheartened by whatever it is that you are struggling with health wise. We are dealing with so much these days in our society. We have so much on our plates. We're trying to juggle so much. We're all trying to do so much and achieve so much, and we're on Instagram and we're comparing ourselves all the time, etc., cetera, et cetera. Insert thing. You are not alone in that. And I want you to just start to take maybe one or two of the things from this episode, last episode, and every episode, just implement one or two things this week and see what changes see what changes because I give you guys so much to create micro, if not macro transformations in your day-to-day life. And I want you to ensure that you are implementing these things because when you implement these things and you see, oh my God, what a change this has made, that provides the safety in your body. And we know we need that. That then provides the safety to invest in my masterclasses, my programs, my coaching, my events, et cetera. So if you don't feel safe in around money. You have a lot of trauma around money and that can be affecting your hormonal issues because it disrupts your gut, because it disrupts your sense of safety, which then can cause hormonal issues. Like you like talked about, it's all very interlinked. Then maybe your stepping stone is investing in something smaller or just starting to simply take some steps from these podcasts Realizing, oh my God, this shit's changing my life. Imagine the change that I would get from paying for Monica's paid things because there is a difference and it's fucking real. Okay. I'm going to leave the episode there. I hope that you all loved it. Do not forget that there are so many pro, uh, so many freebies on the website for you guys to get. There's so many episodes for you to go back to. We've linked all the resources below. I will see you guys next week for the next episode. And there are so many exciting things coming this year. Do not forget to also get on the HER waitlist if you haven't gotten on that program's waitlist. And we will also put the waitlist below for the Skin and Gut Masterclasses as well. There's going to be one waitlist for both of them. So you'll sign up to that. And that way you can get the early bird discount. And then you can also make sure that you do not miss out on it. There will be an early bird discount for the waitlist for HER. There will be an early bird discount for the waitlist for... The gut health, the gut and skin mask classes as well. Okay, I will see you guys in the next episode. Have a lovely rest of your day.